Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Erica shares, if you don't mind me saying, that Tom calls her. Well, I do mind you saying that because I feel like you're betraying my friendship right now. But please have your moment. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, babe. No, I don't want to do it with like that. So let me tell the story. Tom calls me all the time. I won't take his call. And you got it out of me once, and now you want to do it again. That's not my intention. I don't... Don't f***ing sugarcoat it. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I found it chilling. I think this season is so incredible. The buildup, the slow release of the information about everything that's going on with Bamboozled Jane and Tommy Two-Tones, and now we're seeing the women start to turn on her. And I believe that by the end of this, all of the cast will turn on her. I think we're already starting to see it from Garcelle, Sutton. They don't have as much of a tie to Erica because they're the newer cast members. So I do believe that they're just slowly going to inch their way out of the friendship. But I think we're also seeing it with Kyle, the Splits Richards. In her confessional, she's throwing a lot of like almost accidental shade. And I believe that Kyle Richards, uh, she's a journeyman. She's an actress. I believe that she took this thing as a job. So although I do think she develops genuine relationships with the other women, I think she still looks at it like a job. She's got her sisters. She's got the husband, the kids. She's going to work every day. And so I believe that soon we'll see Kyle the Splits Richards start to uh, dance on out of that relationship with Bamboozled Jane. And then Rinna, too. We know Rinna, uh, you know, she looks at this like a job. I think she always has. I think she knew that she needed to come in and stir the pot in those early seasons. Now she sort of takes a back seat. But I believe that she'll dip out of the relationship very soon. And then oh, who does that leave? Dorit? Dorit's on her way out. You know, Dorit's got enough legal troubles as it is. She, she doesn't need to deal with all the... Uh, bamboozle Jane, Tommy Tutone stuff. Kathy doesn't have much of a relationship. I don't see Kathy like dipping out of the relationship with Erica Jane, but I don't think Kathy has like much of a tie to her as it is. Uh, or Crystal too. I, you know, I just imagine all of these women by the reunion, maybe not by the reunion, but I think certainly by next season, if bamboozle Jane comes back, which I can't imagine the lawyers would like because I don't even understand how she's still filming this because we're we're getting these moments like we just played in that clip where Garcelle says, oh, he calls you. And I don't believe that Erica Jane knew when they were on that mountaintop and they were leaving. I don't think she knew that she was still miked when she said, uh, Tommy Tutone still calls me all the time. And I say, stop calling, stop calling. Because forgive me, I, I was taking that to believe that she does actually take the call because she kept saying something like, you know, I keep saying, don't call, stop calling, you can't call me, stop calling, and it's so hard. So I was taking that to believe that she does actually talk to him. 
Uh, and maybe that's what she goes through every night. You don't know what I go through every night. <laughs> now we do, because it's Tommy Two-Tones calling. Now, it is possible maybe he's texting, maybe he's emailing. Although the man is over 80, I can't imagine he's like sending a bunch of texts you know, to Eric Jane. I believe that he calls, and maybe she does answer right away and say, you got to stop talking to me. you got to stop calling me. Uh, but what she said in her confessional, I have to be able to say the last time I talked to him was when I walked out of that house. And she said, and that's the truth. But now I don't believe it's the truth, because as she was leaving that mountaintop, I don't think she knew she was might. And they had this weird, it was like very far away footage. It was like a drone shot. I think that when they went on that mountaintop, the producer's like, oh, we're going to do some new drone shots. Because a lot of the shows are doing that now. You know, on the challenge on MTV, they do a lot of drone footage. Meaning like, (laughs) I was just going to explain drone footage. Like Meaning it's a drone that takes footage. You know, you guys get it. You guys understand what I'm trying to say. So I believe that they were like, oh, we're going to do these new uh, these new cameras. And so the women probably thought they were being filmed when they were on the mountaintop. They were still mic'd. And so Erica was walking in the van. And then we found out later in the episode that she did get in the van and tell Crystal, like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So I don't think she knew that this was going to air. And then Garcelle just sits down. God bless Garcelle. Loved it. Sit, sat down and was like, hey, by the way, Erica just told me that. Tommy Tutons calls her every night. <laughs> and Erica's face, she was pissed. Don't sugarcoat it. You know, she turns into like a demon. And she was pissed at Garcelle. And I was cheering Garcelle on because that's what we need of these women. We need to get to the truth and the bottom of it. And I don't believe that Erica Jane should still be filming. If I was a lawyer, I'd say get away from the red light. I know you need the checks. But all of these little details, there was one other detail in the episode too where she revealed that somebody's with her, meaning she's still paying uh, some glam person to come with her. And she said, and watch the dog. And I, you know, she, she didn't want to talk about that either. I feel like when they asked her like, Oh, somebody's with you. And she's like, well, just one, you know, just one person. I felt like she got defensive. Maybe I was reading too much into that, but I thought she was like, Oh, well, it's just one. Normally, you know, it's just one. You know, she didn't want to say it. Uh, but it's all unraveling. And of course it is. She's on a reality TV show in the midst of all of this legal drama. So of course these things are coming out that she doesn't want out. And I could just imagine the lawyer sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like her legal team, her forensics. Now we find out she's probably got a forensics team. And the cast of CSI is probably watching this season and being like, Erica, you need to stop. Like they are probably so pissed at making their job so hard because she's revealing all this information for the people. Uh, but it's fascinating. Fascinating. But in previous seasons when she would be triggered, like when Teddy said something about amnesia and she goes, don't say I pretend amnesia because I don't. You know, or when she told uh, uh, that Eileen Davidson that she doesn't know what she goes through every night. In those instances, the women just sort of took it. But I believe they're not going to take it for much longer. So we see later in the season when she goes after Sutton. And I don't think the people are going to be as scared of Erica Jane as they might have been in previous seasons. Because it's like, uh, you know, what's to be scared of? I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested in all of it. I love it all. I love it all. Um, So we're in La Quinta this episode. Kathy wakes up late. You know, she did, she said she didn't sleep. And you know what, Kathy? Uh, she sleeps when she wants. And she can't be bothered to film. You know, I bet you the producers, they can't even make her full time if they want to because she sleeps till 2 p.m. And so they can't bother with that. And, you know, to that I say, uh, good job, Kath, because you should get up when you want. 
You know, you're Kathy motherfucking Hilton. Do what you want. Wake up when you want. The other women, they're going on a bike ride to get some pumpkin lattes. And that made me just real excited for fall. I know we're in August now, and I love, I'm very basic for like a cozy sweater and a pumpkin spice latte. I get it. It's lame, but it's who I am. And I'm proud of it. So, uh, Kathy, though, when all the women are in town, she wants them to get her a straw. She needs a straw and some chia seeds. And I get that. She's got a smoothie that she makes every day. You know, for a while, I was getting this one shake at uh, Earth Bar. This, like, I don't know if you guys have, I think it's a chain. But Earth Bar had this one smoothie that are like after my workout. It's like a locale smoothie, but it gives, it's like a meal sort of meal replacement thing. And for a while, I was getting it, but they're like $100. You know, they're not quite $100, but it's like, ten dollars for a drink and so my boyfriend was like look don't get that we're gonna get the supplies so we can make it at home and he started making me the one at home and it's like my favorite thing i mean i like matt for a lot of reasons but this is like my favorite reason right now because he'll make me this smoothie and i go a little nuts now if i don't have it (laughs) not proud of it but i do get a little like like the blood sugar's low and i need that smoothie and i don't even know how to make it i need to learn how to make it but uh, if we're missing an ingredient or something, like I, I sort of lose. So I really understood Kathy's uh, strife here in terms of needing chia seeds in a straw. I got it. I got it. Um, but I do think the women in general need to be more self-sufficient. You know, I'm hearing a lot of things from this show about them not knowing how to bank. You guys, that's, you know, that's a problem. We talked about last week, they were not knowing how to, what, how much money's in their bank. And now they're telling me that we don't know how to go to the teller. And there's just certain things. It's like up to you as an adult to learn how to do. And so it's hard to feel bad for people in situations. You know, of course, we're finding out that Erica Jane says she doesn't know anything about what happened with Tommy Tutons, where the money was. But also, it's hard to feel bad for someone who doesn't even know how to go to the bank drive through. You know, no, doesn't know how to deposit. She didn't even know about the house that's in her name. And then for her to say, I asked about it, the house that's in La Quinta, it's right by Kyle. And Kyle was being shady there, too. Don't get that twisted. Kyle wasn't trying to, like, help Erica Jane by finding the house. Kyle knew that it was shady to be like, let's figure out where this house is, and I'm going to get the directory and call the manager and find out where the address is. Like, that was Kyle stirring the pot. I mean, you can all believe otherwise, but, uh, you know, I can't. I, I You know, you got to see through it. Kyle was making a TV show, and Erica Jane, you know, is pissed about that. She couldn't have said it on camera because then that would have admitted some guilt, you know what I'm saying? But you know that Erica Jane was probably pissed that Kyle was like, let's call the uh, manager and let's figure out where this house is because you don't even know what it is. But how – okay, so she does go to Tommy Tutons and say, I need to know about this house. She said he didn't tell her. He dismissed her. But at a certain point in a marriage – if the husband is not telling you where the house is that's in your name, then you need to be more uh, – you, you're guilty by turning a blind eye to that. Does that make sense? Because you know that the house is in your name and you own it, but this man is not telling you anything about it. You need to wise up and figure out where it's coming from. Who's Where's the house? What's the address? Find out more. You got to learn. I mean, uh, uh, you, you got to learn. I can't feel bad about that because, uh, I don't know, none of it makes sense. It doesn't add up to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, they did, it was Christmas time. They did have a tree they were decorating, which was nice. And uh, look, 
the house thing they all talk about it. Sutton says she found out that she was part owner of the uh, minor league baseball team. What's that? That's the plot of Major League. I don't know. I'm from Cleveland. Major League's a a trilogy of films that was very important to my youth. And I swear Sutton's the basis of it now. You know, she learned she had a team. Um, And, you know, I would like to see an updated version of that movie starring Sutton. But how do you just not know? I just feel like you need to ask more questions. Kath, though, she says she could get access to that house. You know, Kathy's going to figure it out. She said, just tell them you forgot your address. (laughs) Kathy lives in her own world. Love her. She said, tell her you were traveling. You forgot the address. And I believe that Kathy would forget her own address. You know, to, uh, whether it's her main house or one of the other ones she owns. I don't believe Kathy knows her address. And nor should she. A driver should wheel her up uh, so she gets out of the car with her Taco Bell and she goes into her home. She doesn't need to know every address of her homes. So, you know, for look... I can believe two things. Yes, I believe all these women should know more about their life, finances, and homes. But I also believe that maybe Kathy shouldn't. You know, two things can be true. (laughs) I don't make much sense. Uh, Anyway, uh, the women also play croquet, which it's like, I don't know why we needed that scene. I mean, that was a filler scene. And it wasn't even a fun filler scene. Like, I could be down with the filler scene because we're getting such good episodes out of Beverly Hills right now. So, like, I understand and, like, I can go along with the filler scene. It was just the croquet thing. I was like, I don't know if I really, really need this. And Kathy didn't even bother to go. She came after they were done playing croquet and she's like, we playing Duck, Duck, Goose? She, she was ready to play that. And I am too. I forgot Duck, Duck, Goose even existed. And Kathy said it. I was like, I need to get some friends over here play that. What was it? Red Rover. I would like to play some Red Rover. All those childhood games. Like, let's throw a recess party and just play a bunch of childhood games. That sounds good to me. Um, they also talk about Garcelle. She's not there yet. She doesn't follow Rinna or Kyle. You know, Garcelle's not interested. She doesn't care for Rinna or Kyle. I don't, even though they've all made up. Garcelle doesn't give a shit about him, I don't believe. She does eventually arrive in a full COVID outfit, and Rena was like, this is the Garcelle I love! You know, she's shouting. And you couldn't even see Garcelle, she was behind all that COVID. Uh, she looked like one of uh, Ebony and Leah's makeup artists over on The Real Houses in New York. You know, every time we see their makeup artists, they're fuller, fully covered in PPE. And Garcelle was, it was like, this is the Garcelle I love! I was like, when have you seen this version of Garcelle? I guess she's shown up like this before. Anyway, the women all go to dinner at the hotel that Erica and Crystal are staying at. And this is the hotel from The Bachelorette. I do believe this is La Quinta Inn, which it gave me a lot of, uh, a lot of PP, uh, what is it? PTSD. I was about to say PP, PTSD. Just seeing those tile on the floor of Erica's hotel room. That was when I, it reminded me of The Bachelorette, which you guys, that season of The Bachelorette, you guys know is just the worst. It was terrible. There was like one thing where they were all doing these hometown dates. I don't need to get into it, but they had like cardboard uh, New York City cabs. It was so sad. It was the saddest thing really I think I've ever seen on TV. And again, we're watching The Real Houses of Beverly Hills where there's pretty dark things happening. Yet that season of The Bachelorette where they did a cardboard cab was truly, um, really tough to watch. Although, did you guys see on The Bachelor in Paradise, which I've never watched, my boyfriend Kenny from last season of The Bachelorette, he's going to be on it. And you know I love him. He's like the boyfriend in my head. He's like an Italian guy from Chicago. Uh, his nudes are on the internet. Go check. I love him. I love him. Um, okay, so they do this dinner, uh, and 
Garcelle, actually, right when she arrived, she called out the fact that Eric had told her on camera that Tom was not cheating and cheating was not into it. And they had footage of it. The editors, those brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, played footage of it. And she says, I wonder why she told all of you, she says this to Crystal, why did Erica tell all of you that there was all this cheating involved? When she told me on camera, there was no cheating involved. And she seemed to be telling the truth when we saw that flashback clip. So what is the truth? What is the truth? That's what we need to know. You know what? That's what the Real Houses Beverly Hills trailer asked us at the very beginning of this season. When we first saw that trailer, remember there was like a title card that came up that said, what is the truth? I'm still trying to figure it out. Still trying to figure it out. Um, Okay. Oh, this was really fun. So when they're doing dinner at that hotel, they got takeout. And I swear, you guys, these women have never done takeout before. They were so fucking excited about those paper bags. They were like, oh my God, this is fun. I love these bags. Oh my God, this is so cute. I love it. Oh my God, this is, t- we're eating out of bags. Ah, this is so fun. Oh my God, we're crazy. We're just eating out of our bags. Oh my God, I love this. It's so cute. They just put it in bags and we got to take the food out of the bags and then eat it. I love this. So cute. In bags. I mean, I swear, you guys, it was like they never ordered take. Have they never had takeout? Like, I was like, what spikes going on? They were all so fucking excited about the takeout. Oh my God. <laughs> I swear you would have thought they were at like, I don't know, a uh, some sort of game or something fun. They were at some fun event or on a trampoline or something. They were all so excited about the takeout bags. And then even when Erica was like explaining it, she's like, so I got to tell you guys, they brought the food in bags. <laughs> You'll never believe how they brought the food. It's in bags, in paper bags. So we're all just going to have to roll with it. And then they were like, we'll roll with it. I love this. <laughs> Oh my god, you guys, I was like, they need to cool it. Have they never served them food in a bag before? I mean, obviously, that's how takeout comes. And it looked pretty nice and neat. I even believe that everyone's food was separated in a separate bag. Because I saw the bags were all lined up. And it was, I swear, the food, you know, the life in Beverly Hills. I need a—I need that life to never know what a brown paper bag looks like with food in it. I mean, what is that life? <laughs> Don't know how to use the fucking bank or what takeout is. Uh, anyway, they sit down, and this is when Sutton says about the forensics team, which is very interesting to me, because they need to find out the money that's in Turks and Caicos. And when they were all talking about this, Eric was very quiet, suspiciously quiet, if you ask me. Bamboozled Jane was thinking she didn't want to talk about this. And I don't believe she wants to talk about any of this shit on camera. You know, but all the women are doing it. Love it. Love it. Kyle said in her confessional, she said, will Erica come out on top? I don't know. And see, Kyle's shady. They also played some game where they like said a word about them, and then we found out that Crystal's a descendant of a descendant of Confucius, and Rena was like, "Ooh." <laughs> Rena does a lot of like, "Oh, work," and every time like there's like a it was such a random fact like Crystal's a descendant of Confucius, or why do I keep saying defendant? It's not Law and Order. She was a descendant of Confucius. And Reno's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, so then that's next day is when we wake up 
and they do all of that, uh, all of that hiking. Garcelle reveals that she has uh, seven siblings, I believe. She forgot Carol, though. She couldn't remember her, her sister Carol. Meanwhile, the other women, they go to shop and we got to talk about Sutton's pink outfit. It was like so odd with the tennis shoes. I'm sorry, you guys. What the fuck was that? What the fuck? Like, what was that? It just had a big question mark on the back. And I had a question mark in my head as I was looking at that outfit. I mean, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Did you guys watch it? Are we all just sort of accepting some of Sutton's fashions now as we see it? Because I almost feel like as it happened, it took me like a minute throughout the scene to really like hone in on how insane it was. But once I did, I was like, oh, am I just sort of like going with the flow with Sutton's outfits now? Because we keep seeing them. It's like she's half Muppet, half the Riddler from Batman. Like we're all just sort of accepting that as her style. And I just have to say that we need to pause for a moment and really realize that there was a question mark on her Muppet pink uh, fur coat or shirt or dress. I don't know what the fuck that was. And then she had the tennis shoes. I know they were walking around town. They were uh, shopping around town, so I get that she had tennis shoes on, but it it was all very strange. And then meanwhile, Kyle's making fun of Kathy's outfit. Kathy looked perfectly reasonable for shopping around town. And Kathy, uh, her daughter FaceTimed, Nikki FaceTimed in and was like, what the fuck are you wearing, Mom? And Kathy, um, you know, she did do a little skit to phone. Did you notice that when, when her daughter was on the Zoom or on the FaceTime, Kathy did a little like... Voom, voom, voom skip. Like she kept saying voom, voom, voom. It was very odd. But anyway, they were acting like Kathy's outfit was so weird. It was like a very sensible shopping outfit. And then it was like no one said a, a word to Sutton about the big ass question mark on her back, like she was Jim Carrey arriving at the set of Batman Forever. I mean, what was that? A big ass question mark. I don't maybe that I'm sure that was designer. What the fuck do I know? But I mean a big ass question mark. You know, back in about, uh, what year was it, 97? When did Batman Forever come out? I was really obsessed with the Riddler. I even dressed as the Riddler for Halloween. I got pictures. And my mom, my mom, she wouldn't buy me a Riddler costume. You know, we were budget back then. I think we were on a budget. My mom's like, I'll make you a costume. So what she did was she cut some felt. She cut some a question mark and she put it on a top hat we had. And then she threw me in one of my dad's XL green blazers and said, now you're the Riddler. But she had to put a question mark on it because that's what the Riddler wore. And now I'm seeing Sutton uh, in the Riddler costume, pink Riddler. And I can't believe it. And oftentimes she looks like a Batman villain. I'm sorry to say, someone's got to say it. Oftentimes, Sutton does look like she dresses like a Batman villain. And we know she's judging other people's outfits. Even earlier in this episode, she saw crystals like glittery pants. Not saying I love those, but Sutton, you could see the look in her eye. She looked over at that pants, and she always hates Crystal's pants. Every single episode, she hates Crystal's pants. And then meanwhile, she's walking around with a big-ass question mark on her back. What is going on? What is going on? Anyway, um, oh, so the women uh, over on the hike, they're all talking about the Tommy Two-Tone stuff. Garcelle asks if Erica gets an allowance. And I love that Garcelle just asks everyone about their money. Like, where do you get your money? And I remember Vicki Gunvalson used to do that. And that's what I miss about Vicki Gunvalson on The Real House of Orange County. Remember, she'd just be talking to the new housewife. She'd be like, do you work? <laughs> What's your job? And it's like, they're literally filming their job. Um, like they're in a scene with you, Vicky, they're filming the job, but Vicky would always be like, what's your job? Where do you work? Where's your money come from? And I love that. And that's what we need out of Garcelle. 
She asked, she said, did you get a heads up? Uh, is that why you got divorced? And Erica says, no, I did not. She said also that she lived off credit cards and Tom would just give her cash. See, these are all things that like, if they're happening to you, you need to question them. Like, that's why it's hard for me to feel bad. Cause maybe she didn't know about all this stuff that Tommy Two Tones was doing, but then it's like, but you're not asking any questions about the house that's in your name or what the address is or where this money's coming from. That's a problem. And then she talks again about the, the head injury that he suffered, which again, she told on the last episode of the show. And here's the thing that I find very interesting. The housewives editors always show flashback footage and Tom hasn't been on this show much, but every season he has been on for a scene or two. And I imagine that he filmed for a couple hours because even to just get one little quick scene on these shows, they usually have to film for a couple hours, right? So I'm confused. Erica said the head injury happened three years ago, but I'm not seeing any footage of Tom that he's repeating. She said once he had the head injury, it was like he kept repeating things. And I just wondered, did the editors not comb through the footage? Because they comb through the footage for everything else. But I haven't seen them uh, not, not play one scene of him repeating something or acting a little off. And that makes me skeptical. And it's confusing. And she said, Erica did say, like, things were getting really bad. But then she went to Broadway to pat the puss. And as soon as she was done patting the puss on the Great White Way, she came home and they started having dinner together. And she said, so things started getting better. But the lawyer, she said, called her because of the decline that Tommy Two-Tones was having. And I wonder, if the lawyers were calling to tell you that the husband's having a mental decline, are they also not telling you about all the shadiness that's going on? Because apparently the people that worked at this organization, the lawyers... Apparently, they knew of a lot of the shady stuff. So if they're calling to tell you about his mental decline, I would also imagine they would call to give you a heads up about all the uh, shadiness that Tommy Two-Tones is doing. I don't know. These are just questions that I have. Who am I to judge? Other than the fact that I'm on a podcast where I judge. And I know I know people get mad. You know, There's Erica Jan fans out there, and I want to believe that everything she's saying is true. And I'm sorry you get mad. You know, they get mad at me. You know, they say... But I'm here to give my opinion. That's what the show is. So anyway, you know, what else is going on? Uh, she she said she wanted Tommy Tutones to turn in his bar card. And then that's when she reveals it. He calls her every day. And uh, we talked about that. But I'm confused. Then all the women get back to Kyle's house. Rina says she's got to go potty. I, was, I don't know why it made me laugh that they left that in. And go back and rewind it. Like, there's just a real quick cutaway scene where Rena's like, I got to go to the potty. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I think I've told you guys this before. I don't like when adults say potty, especially when there's no children present. It's just a little strange to me. But they kept it in. Rena goes, I got to go potty. You know, not that I need Rena to go say, I got to go take a deuce. You know, I don't need that either. You know, <laughs> at the beginning of the scene, Rena just being like, I got to go take a dump. You know, I don't need that. But um, it's funny to me that she said, I'm going to go potty. There's no children there. Um, and I find that weird, but it's also a thing that happened. And they left it in. And they didn't have to leave it in. There's plenty of other things they could have put in this episode, except for Rena to say she got to go potty. Then Kathy brings on what I believe is Taco Bell. I, I, I could be wrong on this. Maybe it was another Taco Bell place, maybe Baja Fresh something. 
I think it was Taco Bell. I was trying to read the wrappers and it was hard for me to see. And I couldn't tell if they were hiding the wrappers because they didn't have permission to use Taco Bell on the show. But I believe it to be Taco Bell. And I I hope that it was Taco Bell. Even if it wasn't, it was like to-go tacos. And I appreciate Kathy for that. And it was in brown paper bags. I didn't I didn't notice any of the women having trouble with that. But I have noticed that Taco Bell is like for some reason sort of like an acceptable uh it's an acceptable fast food for like really rich people. I've noticed that. It's like a weird thing. Because you know, you never see them just get McDonald's, but for some reason I notice like even on TV shows like Vanderpump Rules, not that they're like super rich, but on TV shows I notice People, it, it's like an acceptable form of fast food Taco Bell. People are almost very proud of getting Taco Bell, as they should be. It's delicious, as they should be. So I don't know. Maybe Taco Bell didn't support uh, the Real House of Beverly Hills. Maybe they don't sponsor them. But if they want to sponsor everything iconic, you know, Taco Bell, we love you. Yo quiero Taco Bell. I certainly do. I was raised by that chihuahua. <laughs> okay. Remember that? What was that about, though? Can we talk about that for a second? I mean, the ads in the late 90s, you know, right? Pre Y2K ads were really a wild ride. I mean, they just put a chihuahua on screen and they pretended he said he liked Taco Bell. And then he was everywhere. That little dog was everywhere. They even basically gave him a movie franchise, you know, with the Beverly Hills Chihuahua. That was pretty much because of the Taco Bell commercial, I believe. And then remember that other one where it was like, What's up? Remember that one? <laughs> like, what the fuck was that about? Maybe that was early 2000s. Those ad campaigns were wild, though. What were we all, what, what were we all smoking? Yokiero Taco Bell, though. We all did Yokiero it. We all certainly did. Uh, okay, so then that's when they all go back and have that conversation where Erica yells at everyone. She says, I was sharing a private moment and it's not up for discussion. And it's like, you're on a reality show. And that was the whole argument about Denise was that she's on a reality show. Um, but Erica thought it was dirty. Garcelle says, okay, I'll own it. Uh, and uh, Erica says, there's only so much I can take. I just want to go to the bathroom. And then she goes to the bathroom and we just hear like, <laughs> I imagine it's the sound that uh, Chihuahua made at the end of filming a commercial for Taco Bell. You know, he's just exhausted. They probably worked that dog mad for those commercials. They were churning a new Taco Bell commercial out every five minutes. So I imagine just in that dog's trailer, it was like the owner trying to give that dog a pep talk. And then that dog sounded like Erica Jane, like, (laughs) (laughs) they're both hard workers, though. You know, I feel like I got to give a compliment. Erica Jane's a hard worker. And so is that dog from Taco Bell. You know, they worked hard for the money. And so, honestly, we do have to give Erica Jane that because she came and filmed and gave us a good-ass season of television. So I do want to just, let's give it up. Yes, they might have been bamboozling orphans and widows, and we hope that gets all worked out in the legal system. Uh, but for now, I would like to just say thank you. Thank you for giving us a season and not running away from the camera, because otherwise, what would have been happening on this show? It would have been like a fight about leather pants, and then we would have ended. No one else is really doing a whole lot, so... Uh, I thank you, uh, Miss Jane. And while we're here, I'd like to thank that dog. I would like to thank that dog. And it all really comes back around because also I remember Paris Hilton had one of the chihuahuas and maybe she was the inspiration for that talk about, I'm not sure which came first. Uh, but of course, Paris is Kathy's daughter. And so here we are. Here we are. All comes back around to Paris Hilton. So um, I think we got everything for the episode. Next week, we get some games. We learn that Harry's got some 
fancy nail work going on. Good for Harry. Uh, Erica, and there's some Sutton questions that go on. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm into this whole thing. Um, that's The Real House of Beverly Hills. Before we get to New York, though, I do want to mention one thing. There's a new documentary series called My Dirt Road Diary. Now, those of you who are familiar with country music, you might know the name Luke Bryan, or those of you who watch American Idol, he's one of the judges. There's a new documentary series about him that's going to be airing on IMDb TV, which I believe you can access through Amazon app. But it's five episodes, and I mention it because it's directed by one of my dearest friends. He directed it. He produced it. His name is Michael Monaco. He's like a brother to me. We grew up together. Our families know each other. Even back in the day when we were in middle school, we used to make movies together around our neighborhood. We were neighbors. And now he's a big-time uh, country music video director. And this series uh, is his first series that he directed and produced and all that. And it's so good. It, it sort of uh, follows the rise of Luke Bryan's career. And it also talks about some of the tragedy that Luke's been through. And Mike, for years, has been uh, collecting footage. He's been on the road with Luke for many, many, many years uh, and he's always said, I'm making a documentary, and now the documentary's finally out. A uh, decade after he started, I think. I mean, it's been a really long time, but I'm so proud of him. The series is great if you're interested in country music, behind the scenes, of all that kind of stuff. It's very, very fascinating. And yeah, I wish I could find our old tapes. When Mike and I were kids, we made this movie where it was like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and... I mean, we we need to find the tape because Mike would direct and I would act sometimes or produce or write. You know, we were always just making stuff around the neighborhood. And we did a little action movie that I I would love to see, love to see it. But it was basically like low-budget Fast and the Furious <laughs> made by eighth graders. Uh, but I'm so proud of Mike. And so check out uh, My Dirt Road Diary on IMDb TV. Uh, starting August 6th, five episodes. It's fantastic. And uh, check it out. Okay, so let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back and recap The Real Housewives of New York. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. All I know is there's enough money for her to be getting yes. something every month. Yes. Whether it's like $5,000, $5,000. Oh, 10%. There's a lot of uncashed checks. 10%. Do you want to talk about the uncashed checks? Do you know Sonia has $10,000 uncashed checks? 
part. What? Sonia has ten thousand dollar without uncashed check. No, I don't. You're saving like ten thousand dollar check. No, you gave me two thousand. Ten thousand. I don't know if you're giving your man. Then you got another two thousand. I didn't cash it. Ten thousand. That's an insult. No, Sonia, I don't lie. You said two thousand was an insult. I didn't. I lost that. Ten thousand. Then another two thousand. I need the books. You guys, what? What? What is going on with the real houses of New York? Sonia Tremont Morgan and that business. It's all very sketch. She said also she just threw away $2,000 checks. Like, did anyone catch that? Because you don't just throw away $2,000 checks. And her reasoning for it was that it was insulting. So then, but then she said she lost it. So it's like, which is it? Did you actually lose the checks? And then the, one of the people that worked for the company was like, do you not get your mail? And then I was like, what is going on here? And then of course Ramona was there to try to get some answers, which I appreciate. Honestly, I would like to see Ramona on Shark Tank. I know we get Bethany on Shark Tank, but I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Ramona Singer on Shark Tank. It'd be insane. Uh, but I don't understand this whole thing with the $10,000 uncashed check. And then Sonia needing to see the books. Like, I don't even think she knows what the fuck the books mean. Like, and what are the books? Like, the people were like, oh, we sent it to you. And I imagine, in my head, it's like they send her an email. And, like, she doesn't understand how to open the file or something. <laughs> and so she just wants the books. But I don't believe that she'd really understand it if she if they handed her a book. I don't care what book it is. They could send her the Bible or... I don't know, the Da Vinci Code, and I don't think Sonia would open up and understand any of it, but she keeps saying she wants the books. But to that I say, like, just open the emails or the texts or wherever they're sending you the files. Not that I think these other people are all that professional. You know, I, I'm a little weary of all of these people that Sonia's working with. She needs to get out of this business, out of this clothing line. She says something about Century 21. I sort of believe all of it's a big hoax or scam or something. On all of our parts, like I don't even believe any of it. I the clothing line, and I've seen some sketchy things online about the clothing line, about resale and and maybe stealing some fashions. I don't know. Unclear. You guys Google it. I'm not here to get in the middle of that. But uh, I all of it's a sketch mess, and Ramona trying to get answers out of it. I mean, I couldn't even believe she was working as hard as she was. Because none of it made a lick of sense. Not a lick. It was such a clusterfuck. I need to see the books. And all of the answers were so vague. And then Sonia said something like, I'm taking Alita St. James's advice about business now. Like, she needs to stop listening to Alita St. James. You know, I am here to fully support Alita St. James and her psychic journey. But I just don't think that anyone should be listening to Alita St. James for their life advice. Not when it comes to business or finding... Uh, figuring out your father issues, which we got to talk about the father issues too, because they all told Sonia when they were all in that weird Salem cast trip, remember Sonia had that breakthrough moment where she was talking about her father. And now they had all told her to meet with the professional. They didn't say meet with the lead of St. James, but yet here's Sonia Tremont Morgan. She lays down with the lead of St. James who does some, uh, some Reiki or, you know, some sound therapy on Sonia and Sonia said, oh, I realized I had daddy issues. I just didn't know they were related to my father. And I was like, Sonia, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> like, Sonia is definitely spiraling. And I know we all love her and think she's sweet and lovely and perfect. And she's great. But we're definitely watching a woman spiral. And we have been for about uh, seven years now. And uh, at a certain point, we're going to need that person to get it together. Or we're going to need to get some help that's not Alita St. James and into business with people that are not these people she's in business with. So we just want the best for Sonia. And she ain't getting the best. And she's throwing away checks. 
And I believe that that townhouse, you know, she she got out of it for a while, and now she's back in the townhouse. And we've always heard about all these financial troubles. And if you're someone who's going through financial troubles, you do not throw away $2,000 checks. Not something you need to be doing. She just threw it away. Ugh. Anyway, also she's lying. We're seeing Sonia lie out about the boyfriend or about the guy who had the girlfriend, the model from last week's episode. And here's the thing. I don't even understand why that guy invited Sonia back to the house or let her in. That was a little unclear to me because I think he obviously had something to do with it. And then we saw the footage of himself filming a selfie video with the girlfriend and Sonia in the room. And all of that was very sketchy to me because I do believe that he had some part in it. I know we're all blaming Sonia for like going into the bedroom and not leaving somebody had to come pick her up which I could definitely see happening. I'm not saying that's out of the realm of possibility, but I do believe that that man and the girlfriend had some part in it. And so, you know, what's the truth? I don't know. we got to figure it out. Uh, but uh, Sonia and Lion about the guy and sleeping with the guy, she's like, oh, he got laid. You know, she was doing the very Samantha Jones stuff. And I just want Sonia to tell the truth. And even Ramona and Lou were getting a little too much glee out of Sonia lying in front of them. You know, like they kept calling her out on the lie in the confessionals and to the other women. And I just, I wanted them to more seriously say like, Sonia, why are you lying? And you need to get it together. You need to get it together. You know, but this was all going down at uh, Luann's Christmas music video, which I've always said I wanted her to do a Christmas song, a Christmas album. I always wanted a Bravo Leopardy to do Christmas, because I feel like we're going to need that around the holidays when we want something, something kitschy to laugh at. And so I'm thrilled that now it's happening. And this song sounds like a big hot mess, and I love every second of it. I'm really into it. I wasn't before, but this week when we got the video and I heard a little bit more of the song... And I see the women acting out their parts of the song. And here's something I do want to address. A lot of people are reaching out to me saying they think that she stole this from Mariah Carey. Because the lyrics of Mariah Carey's Christmas song, All I Want for Christmas is You, are so similar to Luann's, What Do I Want for Christmas, Just You. And here's what I believe. I do think they're similar. In the same way that uh, titles of songs are often similar. You know, Mariah Carey herself, my number one queen icon legend, she's got a song called Shake It Off. Years later... Taylor Swift came out with a song called Take It Off, and they were two totally different, both wonderful songs uh, that although they had the same name, I think they were very vastly different. There's also a song called uh, Shake It Off or um, or Shake It Out uh, by Florence and the Machine. So I almost said Florence Fo- <laughs> I almost said Florence Foster Jenkins. Do you remember that movie? Remember that Florence Foster Jenkins with Meryl Streep? What the fuck is that? Anyway, um, so there's oftentimes songs that have similar lyrics in. Uh, but I don't believe that Mariah's song, and I haven't heard all of Countess Luann's song, but I don't believe that they're similar. And I don't think that Mariah Carey's watching The Real House of New York and worried about Luann's, what do I want for Christmas? Just you? <laughs> I don't think Mariah, silky, multi-octave Mariah, is worried about Countess Luann's, what do I want? You know, that whatever that is. I don't think she's thinking she stole so I think we can all, you know, rest easy knowing that Mariah's got her coins. That song hits number one all the time. Every year it hits number one. And maybe the lyrics are like slightly similar, but they sound different. I mean, Luann will never sound like Mariah Carey. I think we can all agree there. And then, you know, Mariah last season, she released a song where she duetted with Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson. I don't think anyone's mistaken those voices uh, with Luann duetting with Ramona and Ebony on the Real House New York. Like, I don't think they're comparable. So I think we're all good there. 
You know, I know also Leah's worried about the contract situation. I do believe that she has a right to worry about the contract situation. Uh, but I don't think Mariah's going to be the one to come after Luann. You know, I don't think it's going to... Mariah's not worried about her, her pocketbook. She never should be because she's everything. She's, Mariah gets that money every year. Every year. Uh, speaking of Leah, though, I do want to mention the brother because that brother is gorgeous. And we all have to admit that, right? The brother with the mustache. Whew, you guys, when I saw that man... My heart rate went up immediately. He's the gorgeous man. Apparently, he was a model. I saw she posted online pictures. He was like a runway model and stuff. And he should be. He's tall, gorgeous, with a mustache. And, you know, mustache, I could come and go with the mustache. You know, sometimes I really like it. Other times, I don't think it works. I think it works on him beautifully. So, I'd like to see more of this Danny. That's his name, Danny. We need to get more of Danny because he's beautiful. And we see a lot of the sister, and I would just like to maybe up the brother a little bit. You know, we see a lot of Leah's sister. She shows up oftentimes for group events. And I would like to maybe politely request that we maybe flip them, you know, do Danny more. We'd all love to do Danny more, right? Ladies, am I right? Uh, And, you know, put him on screen a little bit more because that's the one we're interested in. Luann, though, you know, this is all about the singing, and I liked it. And there was one moment, Luann, in her confessional, she started singing her other songs. She said, hair done, jewelry on, mirror on the wall. And she was singing that Chic C'est La Vie, which is just a sane song. <laughs> this song, this new Christmas song, too, you guys, is it not getting in your heads? I mean, it's, you know, I tell you guys all the time, songs get stuck in my head. And, uh, you know, I start to lose, even just this week, I was in a meeting, you guys. I got to tell you this quick story. I was in a meeting, a Zoom with a bunch of straight guys, and I was basically like pitching something. And they were asking me, like the audience, for the thing I was pitching. And I don't know what came over me. I had just been listening to Martina McBride. I mean, we talked about country music earlier. I had just been listening to Martina McBride. And so they asked, like, who's the audience? I said, this one's for the girls. And like all these, all these straight guys just stared at me. And one of them said, what? And I just repeated, I said, this one's for the girls. And I obviously should have just like known the first time, like they didn't, they didn't really get the Martina McBride reference, nor should they. I mean, they were in their twenties, straight men, you know, they don't really, they're not aware of, of this song, (laughs) but you know, it was in my head when something gets in my head, I can't help myself. Got to tell people about it. And now I'm watching real York and I'm just singing like, what do I want for Christmas? Just It's like, I can't get that earworm out of my head. Can't get it out. Anyway, what else is going on? Oh, they said Ramona was being a diva on set for this music video, but I actually do not. I sided with Ramona on this one because she was doing a free music video for Luann. Now, I'm not saying that she shouldn't be polite. Of course, you should be polite. But also, like, if you have a real business issue, Ramona said it was a six-figure business issue. I actually do believe that's more important than Luann's uh, music video for What Do I Want for Christmas Just You that Ramona's doing for a couple bites of caviar. Do you get what I mean? Like, I don't think that Ramona should be rude to anyone on set, but I actually don't think she was like really being rude. She was just like, oh, I got something I got to deal with. And they all were acting like she was being the big diva. Meanwhile, Luann was the one who, it's her song. And every time they asked her to go outside, she's like, it's cold out there. Like, she was real pissed. And, you know, I don't imagine that Rihanna or Britney or whoever, when they're filming a music video, they are complaining about the cold air when they're doing a Christmas song. But there was Luann complaining. And then meanwhile, everyone took it out of Ramona just because she had some banking issue. And she was doing this all for free. All for free. 
Um, it was funny though, Ramona, when she was talking to Billy at the piano, like Billy's a little shady and I love that. Like Billy, Leo were all there and Ramona, they said something to Ramona, like stop drinking so much. And Ramona's like, I always know how to control my alcohol. And then she walked away and Leah's like, she gets fit- shit faced all the time. And then Billy was like, I know. <laughs> uh, what else happened this episode? Oh, Ebony broke up with the boyfriend and they talk about how men don't want to be talked about in the press. That's like, press has always been a part of the realist in New York. Um, then they talk about the Sonia stuff, and Sonia keeps saying stuff about Dick. She loves Dick. I love Dick. I'm not going to play the sound clip, you know. I had the Ramona sound clip on here uh, of her saying I like Dick, but, you know, we're giving it a breather this week. It'll be back next week. But just imagine Ramona saying, I like Dick, and that's what Sonia was saying this time. She also uh, talked about how good the sex was. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And that's the end of the episode. Everyone agreed that Sonia's a big liar, even Ebony, who Ebony and Sonia seem to get along really, really good. But, uh, you know, they agree that Sonia's a big old liar. Next week, we have Sonia and the matchmaker, or something about Ramona doing real estate. Leah has to quarantine. Oh, you guys, that made me nervous. Leah had to quarantine, so she can't even go to the Shabbat dinner. <sighs> and that's why this cast needs more people. Ebony wouldn't even let uh, Bershawn come to the dinner. And now Leah's got COVID. And so it's like, how many people are going to be at this event? Like four cast members at this event. And that's why it shouldn't have been acceptable that Ebony said Brashant's not allowed to go to this event. She should have had to go to this event because we need more cast members at these things. I can't believe the one friend of we got this season is not going to be at the dinner. Now Leah's got the COVID, can't come. And of course, we want we know she's better, so we don't got to worry about anything bad happening with COVID. But I do not think we can have such a small cast. I mean, because this season's boring enough as it is. It's so, I mean, even this episode, you guys, I'm watching a Christmas music video with Luann. 
And I was still a little bit like checking my watch, like how long is this fucking episode? And that's never once happened with Roni in a previous season. I mean, rarely there'd be maybe a flop episode here or there. But this whole season is just, are you guys feeling it? Are you guys feeling that it's a little tough to watch? Maybe it's just me. Although I'm reading online, it seems like it's not just me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we this episode was at least better than most of them, I'd say. I really enjoy, I did enjoy a lot of this episode. So, you know, they gave us this one for the girls. This one's for the girls. <laughs> I'm going to leave that on here on the soundboard, I think. Anyway, uh, you guys, I love y'all. If you want to support this show, go to the Patreon page. And for those of you who don't know what it is, it's just like you donate $4 a month and you get the bonus episodes. I do one a month recapping Sex in the City over there. So it's fun. It's a good time. We got the merch. Everything iconic dot store, you get the merch. Uh, on this coming Monday, oh, I got to tell you guys this. So this coming week, next week, on Sunday night, usually I release a Potomac recap. We're going to save the Potomac, I believe, for later in the week because I have an interview that'll be out. It's a Housewives interview. So tune in to the Everything Iconic podcast feed early next week, Sunday night, Monday morning. There will be a new episode, but it will not be, I don't believe, the Potomac recap. That'll come out later in the week with Roni and Beverly Hills. I just wanted to give you guys that little update, so don't ask me where the Potomac one is, um, because we got an interview coming that's Housewives-related. I think you guys will really enjoy it. And then we'll we'll talk a little bit about Potomac later in the week. You know, I like to mix up and add some interviews in along with the recaps, you know, change it up a little bit, keep things fresh. Anyway, I love y'all. And uh, I want us all to take a little moment to just breathe in and breathe out and relax. We've got so much going on. The news is stressful still. Aren't we all thinking the news was going to be not so stressful? And now it still is. Every day I go on there, it's like, oh, new COVID variant. And it's like, ugh, gross. Get me out of here. <laughs> um, anyway, um, let's take a deep breath in. And hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. And think of some good news. Something good you're grateful for. Breathe in and hold it and breathe out. All right. Guys, I love you all for listening. Stay safe. And by the way, I want to thank Acast for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic.